This is Radio Health Journal. I'm Nancy Benson. This week, rheumatic diseases, more than just arthritis. Rheumatic diseases are actually quite common. And, you know, the umbrella of rheumatic disease usually includes about over 100 conditions. If you wake up stiff and sore every morning, a story you should hear when Radio Health Journal returns. I'm Reed Pence, the producer and host of Radio Health Journal. If you like listening to Radio Health Journal, you'll also like our sister show, Viewpoints, which covers a wide array of topics from education to history to the environment. Here's a preview of what they're covering this week on Viewpoints. It's predicated on creating a customer experience that is one of consistency and continuous offering a product. Exploring the dark side of our food supply system. Then, finding a professional to work with their student is extremely challenging right now. Navigating the school system this year. I'm Marty Peterson. And I'm Gary Price. These stories in depth this week on your public affairs magazine, Viewpoints. Listen to Radio Health Journal and Viewpoints on your favorite radio station. And subscribe and listen anytime on Apple Podcasts, Google Play, and Spotify. Also, follow us on Instagram and Twitter at Radio Health Journal. Arthritis is a remarkably common condition. According to the Centers for Disease Control and Prevention, about 8 million Americans have arthritis bad enough to limit their ability to work. Often, their joint pain affects their ability to walk or use their hands. But arthritis is merely the most prevalent of what are called rheumatic diseases. Rheumatic diseases are actually quite common And, you know, the umbrella of rheumatic disease usually includes about over 100 conditions. A lot of the common ones like arthritis, rheumatoid arthritis, lupus, gout, even juvenile idiopathic arthritis, Sjogren's syndrome are just a few. And there's a lot of other diseases that still fall under that umbrella. That's Dr. Kanika Manga, a rheumatologist at the University of Texas Health Science Center in Houston. So a lot of these diseases can affect the body's muscles, their joints, the autoimmune system. And what I would say is a lot of autoimmune diseases, if you want to really look out for them, you want to ask, you know, does the patient have morning stiffness or joint pain? The kind that actually gets better with activity, skin conditions like rashes or even generalized fatigue. So those are some things that a lot of our diseases may have in common. More than 54 million Americans live with aromatic conditions. So if we think about that for a minute, that's one in four Americans. And if you go on to count the ones with symptoms but not an official diagnosis as of yet, that number may be as high as 91 million Americans. So one in three Americans. Most rheumatic conditions are autoimmune diseases where the immune system becomes too active and attacks the body's own tissues. Why they occur is unknown. But there are genetic risks, and some people are more at risk than others. Honestly, a lot of these diseases vary based on how old the patient is, the type of disease, and also gender. For instance, something like lupus is more common in women, especially at their younger ages. But what's really important to know is a lot of these diseases impact adults when they're in their prime years and just setting out to set their careers. So an early diagnosis can actually be extremely helpful since, you know, a lot of these conditions are chronic and can be debilitating. So the earlier you're treated, so as a rheumatologist or in the rheumatology community, what we know as a window of opportunity is so important. 
it's the first few months after the onset of a disease. That's the crucial time period for patients to get that diagnosis. With that, if we're able to start treatment within that, which we typically characterize as about 12 weeks since onset, you can actually diminish long-term complications of the disease. Those complications can be severe, crippling, certainly in the case of arthritis. But Manga says they can be potentially fatal for some other rheumatic diseases. There are a lot of conditions. I mean, we can just start off with saying lupus. So some of our patients with systemic lupus can have involvement of their kidneys. So they can have something called lupus nephritis. So a lot of that, if gone untreated, can really, really have a downstream impact on the health of your kidneys. And that can be extremely life-threatening. You know, if you go untreated, there is a possibility of you losing kidney function altogether. During September, Rheumatic Disease Awareness Month, Manga is hoping to reduce the number of people who may have such severe consequences. Getting a diagnosis is key because there may be nearly 40 million Americans who have rheumatic diseases and don't know it. So a lot of rheumatic conditions can have nonspecific symptoms. So I say if a patient... You know, if you have a lot of different types of symptoms, whether it's involving, like previously mentioned, morning stiffness, the one that improves with activity, joint pain, again, that tends to improve with activity, skin condition, like rashes especially, generalized fatigue, even some of our conditions have dry eyes, muscle weakness. So a lot of these nonspecific symptoms, if you have this manifestation I think that would be a really good time to ask your primary care doctor or a doctor to see whether you should be evaluated for a rheumatic condition. Manga says many people with suspected disorders are holding off on seeking help these days, afraid of coronavirus in doctor's offices. But she says many patients can be seen via telemedicine. A new survey shows that 66% of rheumatoid disease patients have been treated that way recently. But Manga admits that some treatments can be complicated. Because, of course, at first you really want to assess how long the patient's had the disease. Is this something that's a newer onset? Has it been going on? And then you really want to assess the patient for systemic or internal organ involvement to see whether the rheumatic disease has really impacted something like their kidneys or their lungs. So based on which part or which organs are involved, then that's how we come up with a good treatment plan. Now, the good news is we do have good treatments ranging from, you know, just NSAIDs all the way up to biologic treatments. So based on what symptoms you carry in your clinical picture and also based on other comorbidities or the side effect profile of these treatments, you and your healthcare provider, you know, rheumatology disease provider can really come up with something that's more geared and tailored to you. So I wouldn't say there's one treatment for all. I like basing treatment plans on exactly what the patient is coming in for, what aspects of the disease is active, and what aspects have an impact on their life. However, patients who are struggling may not let on. The survey shows that other people often assume they look just fine. 69% of respondents reported their disease sometimes feels invisible because they don't look sick to most people. So, you know, a lot of people always ask, what's one tip, Dr. Manga, that you have? And what I would say is if you know someone that's dealing with or lives with a rheumatic condition, always reach out and ask the patient how they're doing instead of assuming how they're doing based on how they look. Out-of-pocket costs for rheumatoid disease treatment have also skyrocketed lately, more than doubling between 2019 and today. So while treatment is available, living with a rheumatoid disease may not be easy in a variety of ways. 
You can find out more about rheumatoid diseases at the website simpletasks.org or through a link at our website, radiohealthjournal.org. Our studio producer is Jason Dickey. I'm Nancy Benson. Radio Health Journal returns in just a moment. Nearly 18 million people in the United States have atopic dermatitis, also known as eczema. Eczema can happen almost anywhere on the skin, including the face, neck, and arms. But it can appear differently for everyone. Mom, author, singer, and fashion designer Jessica Simpson talks about her mild to moderate eczema for the first time. As a kid, I first noticed eczema on the back of my arms and legs. I would cover up my skin because I felt self-conscious any time I was experiencing an eczema flare. I've tried to manage my eczema over the years with various over-the-counter lotions and creams, but it got much worse during my last pregnancy. As a busy working mom of three, I don't always have time to focus on my eczema, so I finally talked to my doctor and was prescribed Eucrisa. I'm happy to say that my eczema improves when I use it. I truly encourage patients and caregivers to have the eczema conversation and talk to their doctor about potential treatment options that may be right for them. Jessica has been using Eucrisa Crisoboral Ointment 2%, the first and only 100% steroid-free prescription ointment for the treatment of mild to moderate eczema in patients as young as three months old. Eucrisa works both at and below the skin surface to treat eczema. The specific way Eucrisa works is not well defined. Prescription Eucrisa is for topical use only in patients three months of age and older. Do not use Eucrisa if you are allergic to Crisoboral or any of the ingredients in Eucrisa. Allergic reactions may occur at or near the application site. These can be serious and may include hives, itching, swelling, and redness. The most common side effect is application site pain, such as burning or stinging. Eucrisa is for use on skin, topical use only. Do not use Eucrisa in your eyes, mouth, or vagina. Ask your doctor about Eucrisa. Learn more at eucrisa.com or by calling 1-866-Eucrisa. Again, that's E-U-C-R-I-S-A dot com. And that's Radio Health Journal for this week. Radio Health Journal is a production of MediaTracks Communications. Follow us on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram to learn more. And check Apple Podcasts, Google Play, and Spotify for a library of past programs. Plus, you'll always find previous segments and information about our guests at RadioHealthJournal.org. Join us again next week for another edition of Radio Health Journal. Coming up next week on Radio Health Journal. There's one home that I delivered to those four children. And one week I had bananas. And the little girl, about three years old, she pulled the bananas out and hugged them and burst into tears. That broke my heart. The pandemic and the increase in food insecurity. Then virtual clinical trials with sensors on phones to make sure patients take their medicine correctly. We're not gonna fool the machine learning algorithm on that. So actually, the physician has even better tools to make sure that the patient is complying with every program they're having. All that and more on Radio Health Journal.